0: Three seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Sunday,
1: Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. You. You UFO, UFO, UFO. WCBN-FM, the Sun Ra Orchestra and the Regents of the University of Michigan would like to remind you the truth is the most precious commodity. Demand the truth. Accept no substitutes. (laughs)
0: You can fool some of the people, some of the time. You can fool all the people, all the time. You can fool some of the people, some of the time. can't fool all the people, all the time. You
1: can fool some of the people, some of the time. can't fool all the people, all the time. You can fool some of the people, some of the time. You can fool all the people, all the time. You can fool some of the people, some of the time. You can fool all the people, all the time. On, mommy. Yeah. Mommy. Why don't I they... I ain't gonna give you no ticket. you're a homeboy under that hair. Dead gum television. I can only say that I find your statement
0: to be boorish. You're listening to What Else But WCBN FM in Ann Arbor. 88.3. Mamon, hijo puta cabrón!
1: Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. That card, of course, featured Jim Dwyer, my partner here on Gray Matters. He's just arrived. As usual, the traffic this time of year is a little
0: yeah, it's uh,
1: discombobulated, confused, and work, dazed. Bart. And dazed and confused is the only way to describe uh, many of the new drivers in town. Be careful. It's dangerous out there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of a tiresome week for me. I'd had to do a lot of moving, sorting, and I'm very discombobulated myself. But at least I'm not a discombobulated driver. Anyway, yeah,
0: and uh, just by way of a quick PSA, uh, cyclists. A lot of cyclists around town. Cycling is a good thing. It's good for the environment. It's good for your health. Uh, it's good for reducing congestion in downtown areas but there are a few certain important guidelines that too many people
1: in the fine city of ann arbor are ignoring mm. well and they've added a lot of bike lanes too that's important to realize this There's is good this is big a big changes in that yeah, realm. recognition that
0: more people are biking and to make it safe for them and certainly uh, we don't want to discourage that but uh bikes are, are part of the traffic. They can't go back and forth between being pedestrians and vehicles. Uh, when you start to blur the lines, then people don't know how to behave uh, when they're in a vehicle alongside you or a pedestrian. And I was nearly nailed by a cyclist uh, heading north on Thompson Street, just there where it uh, ends into Liberty, happens to be a brick corner there, just walking down the sidewalk, minding my business, and out of nowhere, was, out of nowhere yeah, comes that's a the bike problem with some of the on bikes, the sidewalk, bikers. full speed. If I'd been an older, uh, less nimble fellow, then uh, I'm 48, so I'm broaching geezerdom. Uh, I would have been creamed by this guy, mm-hmm. and uh, I shouted and hollered, and uh, he didn't stop or say boo or
1: anything. So that's completely out of line, and. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm always amazed because I drive a Don't cab. Don't go
0: on those sidewalks, folks. A, a
1: cab, and where they they come out of nowhere late at night, where you can't see them, and there's a lot of hot rotting going on out there. Yeah. I know it's fun to uh, if you bike at night, wear white, as Mick Jagger once observed. <laughs> zigzag around, ah, Mick Jagger. I'm sure uh real. Biker enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably not after Altamont, much of the bikers, but uh, yeah. Well, he uh, he is in tremendous shape, so he uh, he definitely works out. I saw the Stones a couple years ago at Soldier Field,
0: yeah, of well, all places. He probably could have jumped back in time from this uh, bicyclist too, but I think Charlie Watts uh, would have been nailed. So the
1: elite seats, by the way, just for uh, uh, perspective on uh, <clears throat> how some of our rock stars are paid. Two grand.
0: Oh well, that's how it was for the Paul McCartney show
1: behind the stage. Yeah, I think you got a uh, champagne filet mignon dinner with that. But
0: uh, yeah, the Paul McCartney show at Comerica Park had a small section
1: of uh, two thousand dollar seats, and they were full. And of course, their stage show is uh, something to behold. They uh, go down the runway and do a little private concert in the fret of the guitar because they're still doing the hmm. guitar stage. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it is one massive production. That's entertainment, as they say. Well, indeed, and the staying power of those older classic 60s
0: rockers uh, is truly something to behold. I was really happy to see the Paul McCartney show. Mm -hmm. I've never seen The Stones, but would love to uh, have the chance. Their uh, farewell tour that kind of keeps on going. Um, Well, they keep running out of cashola. Right. and I'm sure they'll do at least one more. it's the back catalog that... uh, uh, it's so lucrative to record labels on, on that particular band. But, uh, you know, it remains to be seen what artists working today will have the kind of holding mm-hmm. power that Paul McCartney
1: or the Rolling Stones have. Oh, yeah. Forty
0: years from now. Well. Will people be going to see Justin Bieber? I
1: think not. I don't think so. <laughs> he doesn't quite have the songwriting ability no, of uh, Lennon and McCartney. No
0: offense uh, to the old Biebs there. Was, and so, so,
1: uh, Nothing wrong with that. Mick. <clears throat> And Keith, you know Keith. Uh, I, you know, did you that, read Keith's
0: bio, by the way?
1: No, I didn't. I did hear an, very good. Hear an interview with him on uh, um, Fresh Air. Uh, he's uh, an interesting fellow, and for, formaldehyde, I think, is uh, <laughs> part of his daily diet. They're keeping him alive somehow.
0: Yeah, I, I've, you know, I've always maintained that uh, autobiography is the purest form of fiction that there is. But uh, he demonstrates a pretty keen and astonishing recall which most people would not really attribute to keith
1: yeah that's what always amazes me about uh some of the uh so-called rock stars uh many of them seem to have better memories than our presidents especially the ones that pursue the war on drugs boy that's for sure Anyway, speaking of wars, uh, we need not uh, dwell too much on 9-11, I don't think. Uh, I, I, it's I managed par- to make it through the whole day without stumbling across any of the uh,
0: overly wrought commemorations.
1: Yeah, uh, I just wanted to make just a couple of very brief comments about it. I think that it is appropriate for our society to uh, grieve and uh, commemorate uh, certain events, but uh, let's not wallow in self-pity and uh, exploit the 9-11 event for further uh, bloodshed, Um, which unfortunately, I was kind of troubled this weekend by some of the connections between the football games and the flyovers and the demonstration of power and militarism and all that. I did want to mention one thing, though, Uh, Beth Fertig, um, who uh, worked down here at CBN,
0: she was a program director at one point in the late '80s.
1: Yeah, involved with the public affairs department and worked at the Michigan Daily. Um, there was something on National Public Radio featuring her because she was actually in New York City. She's, she covers the uh, the New York area. That area for NPR, yeah, has for
0: uh, some years now.
1: So, uh, if you want to, you know, find that on the. Internet somewhere or uh, iTunes or what, what whatever. I, I I do recommend it. It's it's uh, remarkable stuff because it's live uh, emotional reactions to what she's witnessing. She's actually on the ground, uh, you know, with a radio mic reporting things live, including the uh, falling of the towers. As for investigations into nine eleven, <laughs> I think uh, further investigation is is required. I'm not a uh, subscriber to. Various conspiracy theories about the World Trade Center, but I do think it's very troubling that uh, the Pentagon was hit well after the event was clearly a terrorist attack, so to speak. And when you contemplate that the American military at the time was spending about $300 billion on defense, the fact that the Pentagon would be hit, ironically, Bit com- of the
0: head scratcher
1: commissioned on 9 11 uh, back Help. in the. Uh, back after, I think it was, uh, don't quote me on the year on this, but it was after World War II was underway. I think it was uh, maybe 1943, but it was actually 9-11, if you can believe that. And, um, yeah, you know, we spent hundreds of billions of dollars on Star Wars, uh, trillions on nuclear weapons, and uh, yet our Air Force was unable to defend the Pentagon from commercial airplanes. Uh, they don't have guns, by the way, the uh, commercial air, uh, air, airplanes that I'm aware of. And of course, now we're spending uh, well in excess of $700 billion on the various uh, wars. It uh, must be working because no one's attacked the Pentagon. Yeah. Well, that's. If you follow that sort of shaky logic. Where some of the. Uh, Real investigations into maybe some of the suspicious conspiracy theories need to go. It's interesting, of course, that the actual pilots that hit the uh, the uh, hijackers that hit the uh, Pentagon were the actual um, people that were on the FBI, c- CIA watch list. And there was this stovepipe of intelligence in which wasn't shared and mm-hmm. very suspicious uh, in, uh, about the uh, investigation. Uh, the connections between those uh, terrorists who were uh, connected to Ramzi Yusuf and Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and uh, the whole uh, bureaucracy of our national security state. Uh, we, of course, on Gray Matters, talk frequently down here about the misplaced priorities of our federal government spending. Uh, we are advocates, or at least I am, of more domestic spending for infrastructure, social security, and these sorts of things energy, uh, self-sufficiency, sustainable economic development, uh, regulating our uh, food uh, and drugs, (laughs) keeping our air uh, clean and our water clean. Uh, Very troubling that uh, one of the leading contenders for the Republican nomination is actually trying to exploit uh, the attack, attacking the EPA as a, quote, job killing. There's several of them, but... uh, Mm -hmm. One of the real frontrunners, Rick Perry, is uh, continuing down that uh, misguided track. And uh, the Al-Qaeda is, is definitely being systematically decimated, but uh, the, the problems in Afghanistan with the Taliban don't seem to be going away, and the United States has no real capability of nation-building there. So it's uh, really time... You you know what we're not going to see is a celebration of nine fifteen. This was the date that George Bush allegedly decided to go to war in Afghanistan. Doubt we'll have much of a commemoration of ten seven, two thousand and one, the date that the Afghan war actually began. And. Uh, hmm. I guess uh, some of the uh, cabinet uh, sessions during the Bush administration will not be shared regarding the uh, intent and desire to invade Iraq, which, uh, of course, has turned into one of the great boondoggles of all time. I, of course, am more fascinated with a different conspiracy theory. I don't believe that the Bush administration was behind 9-11. I do think there are unanswered questions, and the Bush administration's unwillingness to cooperate with... uh, Real investigations into the matter were very troubling. Um, giving Condoleezza Rice uh, five minutes with each uh, uh, congressman, uh, members of the 9/11 Commission seemed uh, a little parsimonious with the time. We needed uh, more answers to more questions. But of course, I'm intrigued by the uh, the, the possibility that uh, Iran was behind 9/11. So I remain, uh, and will continue to uh, occasionally report about some of the interesting connections between uh, Imad Mugnea and Osama bin Laden. Fascinating stuff. Uh, who's, well, be- who's benefited from these wars uh, that America's engaged oh, that's in? that's
0: right, yeah. That's, uh, I was Iran. just, just going to say that Iran has been the biggest net gain uh, n- nation-state out of the entire thing. Um, certainly... America's commitment to this ridiculous and uh, foolish war uh, has gone a great way towards partially bankrupting our country. Uh, So some of Osama bin Laden's goals, if he's one of the people behind it. uh, Which was his intention. Which was his intention. uh, Get the U.S. troops out of Saudi Arabia. They're in Iraq. Uh, The nation's defensive capabilities are stretched thin. And uh, our economy is well. Listeners know where the economy of the United States is at. We're all we're soaking in it, as our wolf uh, likes to say. So,
1: and of course, we don't need any nine. We won't have any nine fourteen celebrations either, in which George Bush, of course, went down to Ground Zero. The term quote unquote. The term itself appropriated from the original Ground Zero, which of course was Hiroshima. Right. Uh, John Hersey's uh, famous uh, book. Hiroshima ground zero uh where the temperature uh, from the nuclear bomb was five thousand degrees centigrade, hot enough to melt cement um, everything within uh, about a mile radius of the original ground zero uh pretty much evaporated into uh the atmosphere but of course uh the ground zero has been used so frequently in the American media that uh most Americans have probably forgotten its original context and the original metaphor. It was a little Orwellian moment for you. Um, I will, of course, uh, maybe read something kind of interesting that I did save. Uh, we, of course, on the show after 9-11, talked about the fact that America did need time to grieve. Um, and uh, take a step back. Um, think about what happened. Don't rush into war. Uh, I remember quoting a, a nine-year-old school uh, uh, child from New York City that talked about the actual consequences of war in which uh, killing people uh, will make me sad. This is a nine-year-old girl, more wisdom than the president of the United States. I did say something from the Times Literary Supplement uh, connected to nine eleven that I found kind of interesting. A couple of things. Jim and I, of course, have sort of uh, literary backgrounds. We're interested sometimes a little bit more in the artistic aspects of uh, political language, how it relates to propaganda and whatnot. But there is an interesting, a couple of interesting letters to the Times Literary Supplement. This is dated from the 16th of uh, November 2001, a couple weeks after 9-11. In that edition, by the way, they have a very interesting article about the Actual rise of the Taliban, uh, which we can return to uh, someday uh, because the Taliban is not not going away, not going away. But it's very interesting in reference to um, an elegy and a poem by W.H. Auden regarding 9-1-1939, a poem that he wrote about the uh, start of World War uh, II. um, and I'm quoting from John Ryle, writing from London, regarding a, a poem called Elegia, Elig- 1938, by the Brazilian modernist Carlos Drummond de Andrade, which, as the John Ryle notes in his letter, which antedates sev- self-evidently Auden's on, uh, September 1, 1939. My Portuguese is not good, so I won't read the Portuguese. I will read the English, though. Fascinating uh, that this was written uh, so many years ago. Proud heart, you hurry to confess defeat. Postpone the common happiness a hundred years. Accept storms, wars, job losses, unjust spread of wealth. Because you can't blow up Manhattan on your own. And another very interesting letter Uh, This from a Canadian individual named Ronald Wright. John Ryle, I believe, is a kind of famous uh, intellectual from uh, Great Britain. Not familiar with Ronald Wright, but he has wrote a letter from Port Hope, Ontario, noting, and I'll just read this uh, letter in its entirety because it's uh, just one paragraph and it's brief. This marks the 150th anniversary. Speaking of 2001 of the publication of Moby Dick, which won mixed reviews in the 1850s but is now celebrated for having been far ahead of its time. I've read the book several times, always with new rewards, but was still unimpressed, or excuse me, unprepared for the freshness of the following lines in Chapter 1, where Ishmael imagines a program bill drawn up by providence and the fates. "Quoted, grand contested election for presidency of the United States." Unquote. Whaling voyage by one Ishmael. Bloody battle in Afghanistan. So I'm going to check my wow. copy of Mo- Moby yeah. Dick. Uh, M- Moby Dick for that. Uh, so we it, kind of a different little perspective uh, on uh, the 9/11 uh, issues. Which, of course, will continue. Uh, I just have one final uh, as part of our history. closing comment mm-hmm. on
0: that, as, as you say, this is part of history now, and so it will be revisited. and uh, historical memory can be removed, sort of freeze-dried and uh, reprepared for later usage, as well as, of course, uh, informing uh, those unborn when the events happened for those of us who were alive. Uh, But the one thing that really struck me over the weekend with the commemorations was the memory that uh, I had and spoke about with my wife, Mars, that uh, was it a week or it was four or five days after the uh, events of 9-11 happened that there were no flights. Yeah. And then after a few days, there were military flights only. And then I think it was almost as much as two weeks later, a week and a half, commercial flights slowly began to resume. I don't remember the exact timeline. But I do remember how striking the silence was, yeah, and how really, I mean, and how the how the clouds c- cleared up, yeah, and scientists were able to say, wow, you know, in the week week and a half that it's been, we can see that the amount of uh, jet fuel that's burned um, that uh, this. You know, if we do this every once in a while, uh, not have so many flights, then we can really help keep our abuse of the environment in check. It was kind of nice to see that it is possible to sort of pull back from the brink of, you know, destroying our own environment simply by just taking your foot off the gas for a while. Maybe we should consider, and this will never happen, of course, because money is the driving force of all things.
1: And the root of uh, all evil. And the root of all evil,
0: (laughs) as the... uh, good book notes, uh, one of its more accurate observations, uh, that maybe one way to commemorate 9-11 would be to single out the day for no flights, no sound, no, just the, the eerie stillness of the sky itself as a sort of a reminder for those who remember, and a sort of a pleasant, wow, this is what it was like before our world was constantly you know, circled with commercial
1: flights yeah and it's interesting of course that the hijackers themselves exploited the fact that these planes were half empty yet full of fuel yeah. because they were uh, going basically from the east coast to the west yeah. coast uh obviously they had scouted things out and if people will recall 2001 was what i call the Fe- federal energy regulatory commission recession uh dick cheney while meeting with mm-hmm. uh, energy uh, warlords <laughs> Uh, including the uh despicable uh leaders of Enron uh were engaged in um what I call uh, hitting California deliberately with these uh with these blackouts rolling and these, uh,
0: brownouts and stuff yeah. the
1: deliberate manipulation of uh energy supply to California. there was no energy shortage, but the prices were going up. We've pointed out that when California is in a recession as a state because it is one eighth of the American economy. America's pretty much in a recession. So if you want to focus on a real way of uh, getting America out of this uh, great recession that we uh, continue... You know, we're not in a recession, but we're in a very slow growth period. uh, And this is historical in nature, part of the uh, reorganization of the American economy. Something that, alas, Obama did not address in his speech last week. Yeah. Um, But uh, the hijackers did take advantage of the... um, fact that the planes were half empty most of the teams uh were five people teams the one team that didn't have the five people was the pennsylvania uh the one that was overpowered the one that was overpowered uh by uh passengers at least that's how the story goes right and we're sticking to it and if it's part of mythology why not (laughs) no one knows um I, of course, interestingly, did take one of the first people to actually fly out of Metro Airport, and the spookiest thing about taking this person to Metro Airport in a, in a cab, a commercial cab, was going out to Metro Airport that had just been, the McNamara Terminal had just been built maybe four or five months before that, and not seeing any cars. That was Unbelievable. Because normally when you go out there, you see thousands of oh, cars. it's like a hive. And the parking garages yeah. are full of them, and the rental places, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, there was a eerie silence. It's interesting to note, by the way, uh, over the summer that I clipped something. I don't have it with me, but uh, there are now being some scientists are beginning to note that uh, areas around airports in the United States— actually are rainier than surrounding areas. The, the the airline exhaust itself creates clouds, which contributes to precipitation. And we've had a lot of that lately. Of course, uh, Ann Arbor uh, had one of the strangest weeks of weather this past uh, seven or eight days, as the remnants of Hurricane Lee just sort of lingered about uh, in the area, and that's what all that precipitation was, and needless to say, causing some real... Catastrophic problems out east in Pennsylvania and upstate New York, evacuating cities. And this is part of the infrastructure uh, that uh, we've noted uh, in the past. Um, Rick Perry's got his scientists. I don't know where they are or who they are. (laughs) But they're somewhere. Well, you know, if uh,
0: God talks to him and, uh, you know, they have some sort of a secret deal, well... uh there, there must be some reason why God is giving such unfavorable weather to Texas. I think it was Michelle Bachman said that the hurricane was a sign from God. Uh, there's no need to linger over <laughs> such ludicrous talk. But uh, I think when Rick Perry uh, attacks science, he makes a lot of, uh, I don't know if the word normal makes any sense, but normal Republicans a little nervous because yeah. uh, attacking science is... Uh, is no way to uh, uh, appeal to the you know middle, the center ground. In fact, uh, the Daily Show had an interesting clip of excerpts from uh, comments made at the the most recent Republican debate. There's another one coming up tonight or tomorrow or something? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, and in which Ron Paul sounded sane, lucid, uh, incisive. Uh, And Rick Perry was making just uh, outstanding, ridiculous comments. Clearly he's grandstanding and just appealing to the know-nothingism of uh, that wing of that party. Mm -hmm. Just the sort of, uh, ah, gonna grab it by the pants and rack it up and we're gonna go beat up Mexico or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, he's got a uh, element of Yosemite Sam to him. (laughs) That's for sure. I don't know who Bugs Bunny is, but I seem to remember Yosemite Sand. Well,
0: we need Obama to start a acting a little bit more like Bugs Bunny. Yeah, because yeah, so. Bugs Bunny takes it for only so long, and then he comes back hard, and there's no messing with Bugs Bunny because he's, he's wily and he's uh, playful with his language. And Obama is a smarter guy than this. He needs to realize that he's getting old too fast doing nothing, and he's going to have to. He's going to have to turn left.
1: Yeah, and he's in. But and of course, he's in a political pickle. He's he's trying to pursue an agenda that the Congress is simply not cooperating with and him it's, on. It's a,
0: he's foolish to pretend that they will. And, and you know, uh, it's, it's getting tiresome.
1: He should remember that, of course, the Republicans in the House of Representatives have already voted to repeal Medicare. And when you have a uh, presidential candidate like Rick Perry, who's got no understanding whatsoever of Social Security. It's uh, of course grandstanding to call it a Ponzi scheme. Um, It's not. Uh, The Ponzi schemes are on Wall Street. Yeah, we've uh, we know all about them. Enron was a Ponzi scheme. Enron was uh, accounting voodoo and uh, other mischief. uh, Self, uh, you know, feathering your own nest to just extraordinary. uh links and of course uh they exploited uh the the uh the mythology of deregulation but social security is a social insur- insurance program that was introduced many many years ago for very good reasons and while uh many economists will lament our economic situation we still have social security china does not <laughs> uh, it's important to remember and uh while there it, it certainly it, ways to save it. It's very tweakable and very savable. Other aspects of the budget are the problem with the deficit, and uh, the deficits have been many decades in the making. Uh, They have nothing to do with Obamacare or Barack Obama. Some of the inadequacies with the uh, revenue are connected to the uh, anemic job performance, job creation, but... uh, Well, uh, we're getting a signal that it's time to cut out. So Let's see if this economy can fix itself by this time next week. Who knows? But uh, we would like to thank Tex Mannheim for engineering this evening. He, of course, uh, is down here on Saturdays uh, doing yeoman work, uh, both on uh, the Bluegrass show, Bill Monroe for breakfast, and the Down Home show, the country show, along with other Uh, They share shows, so uh, always tune in. Texas is knowledgeable about these uh, genres of music as anybody in the United States of America. That's true. So, uh, go blue. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling, coming up next, right here on this station.